you're a writer or an artist and you want to get your work out into the world. If you want to honour your creativity and finally stop hiding, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Siobhan Jones, and it's time to sound your bell. In this episode, we do talk for a moment about the Black Summer bushfires of 2019 and 2020 here in Australia. If you need support, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 43 57. Today, I'm thrilled to share a chat I had with Tiffany Daly, author, illustrator and freelance artist. Tiffany has just illustrated a picture book called Combat Wombat to the Rescue with author Dr. Gina Newton. Tiffany Daly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So who is your favourite author and why? Geez, see, that's actually a bit of a tough question because, and I know you're going to laugh when I say this, but I don't do a lot of reading and my partner does. He's got so many books that he just reads and he absorbs it all. Uh, He actually got me onto Brandon Sanderson and I very much enjoy his work. So at the moment I would say my favourite author is Brandon Sanderson. Do you remember when it was that you started drawing? Uh, Yeah, uh, in nappies as a toddler with crayons on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I've been drawing for a very long time. (laughs) And what's your favourite thing to draw and what feeling do you get from it? For a long time that was actually unicorns and it kind of speaks to where my heart lies, which is in the fantasy world. Um, at the moment, my my favourite thing to draw would be sort of beautiful fairy warrior women type characters, so, so beautiful ladies. As a writer and illustrator, mm. do the ideas and images come to you and then you write or draw or do you, like, how does it work for you? Do you spend time observing and taking life in for inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. So so when I'm doing drawing, I go into a, a sort of a zone and that's where I do come up with a lot of my characters and what they look like and I just as I'm drawing and, and I may not necessarily be paying attention to the thing that I'm drawing at the time, but I'm thinking about other things as well. It's, it's very much a daydream type situation. So when I'm drawing, I come up with different characters and different plot lines and stories and it really fuels that creative process. But on the other hand, when I'm writing, it kind of does the same thing because when you're writing out what a character looks like and what they say and how they behave and things like that, it it just it kind of connects with the other part of what I do, which is the drawing. So it's one and the same really. Do you ever get ideas from kind of family life for your stories and illustrations? Yeah, yeah, I do. I base a lot of the personalities in the novel that I'm writing at the moment. For example, I've got lots of my experiences with my friends and my family and all of that. You you take those basic things that happen and then you expand on them. Something I'm noticing a bit as I talk with writers and illustrators is many have a sort of almost a realisation that they want to pursue this thing and then from that moment they're 
they're just all in. Did that happen for you or have you always just known that this is what you wanted to do? I think in one way or another I've sort of known that I wanted to be a storyteller but that has come in a variety of different forms. So I I had a big interest in acting when I was a bit younger and in directing and and producing films and the other thing that I was very much interested in was doing game art animation and programming so for a long time particularly when I was in college I wanted to be a part of those those companies and create games and tell stories that way it didn't happen though and as with many people I kind of went into the job that I needed to do so office work and all of that but in the background, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of always been there and it wasn't until I had a very life-changing moment in 2015 that I was able to pursue this as a career. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I think something happens and you just realise this is the thing that I want to be doing. You don't know why and you don't know how, but you just take the leap and go for it. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> And so, and I'm very happy that you've done that, by the way. Um, Your first publication is out and it's called Combat Wombat to the Rescue, written by Dr. Gina Newton. Yes. What's it all about? Combat Wombat is a story that follows the journey of an unlikely hero uh, named Combat Wombat as he overcomes obstacles and leads his bush buddy friends to safety from a raging bushfire. So the book itself is about... Uh, bravery, friendship, you know, camaraderie, that sort of thing to overcome bad situations and and come through the other side. It tackles a very hard topic for a lot of people to discuss with children, which is the topic of bushfires. And actually Gina and I, we together came up with teacher's notes. The teacher's notes themselves cover four different topics which are bushfire and Indigenous fire, Australian wildlife and wildlife habitat, as well as wildlife rescue and care. Last summer we had a season of bushfires that affected all Australians in some way. And Mm. I'm curious, how did you manage to represent this appropriately for kids and how did you kind of keep a sense of well-being while you were doing it? Yeah, well, that's a... (laughs) It's a big question. So when I was doing the illustrations for this book, I started them, the final artwork, on Christmas Day 2019. And that was when the fires, they were at the time very much in effect and there was a lot of devastation and everything, but they hadn't quite hit that really big situation, which was just awful for everyone. Um, So when I was doing all of this artwork, I actually did try and avoid looking at the news too much because it was just so horrendous and it was just so sad. And in in Canberra as well, you know, we were shrouded in in smoke and we were on alert to evacuate a lot of the time. So it's the illustrating it through that time was difficult, but it was also, I don't know, it sort of felt a little bit necessary in that I had a lot of reference material to to put into this book that would then translate to kids. So when when we read this book to children and we discuss the topic of bushfire with them, it's very real. You know, when when we commissioned this 
book back in July 2019, we had no idea that there was going to be such an awful bushfire season. But oh, wow. Yeah, so and, and Gina actually wrote this book over six years ago. He's a bit of a spin-off of one of her other books, uh, Blossom and Possum and the Christmas Quacker. So Combat Wombat made his first appearance in that book and he looked very different then. <laughs> he's, he's had a major overhaul for this book. It's a very difficult thing to describe how hard it was to illustrate this book and not get swept up in all of the the emotion and the terrible things that were happening at the time. Mm. Mm. And can you tell us how the book came together? So how did you work with Gina and the publisher? There seems to be this way of doing things where authors and illustrators generally don't communicate. Now, that's not, you know, every every time with every book that's ever done, but there seems to be a lot of that um not, I don't know if isolation is the right word, but they do try and keep them separate. And I can understand why, because there's a lot of reasons that a publisher would want for project management and keeping everything on track and where it should be, those sorts of reasons as to why they wouldn't want an author and an illustrator to collaborate. But Gina and I worked quite closely on this. Uh, we are both Canberra locals and we were friends prior to this book actually starting in in July. I'd, I'd met her at the Australian Society of Authors networking event. And so we, we had a pre-existing relationship, which does make that whole, you know, uh, the publisher not wanting us to be in regular contact a little bit difficult. So we we did collaborate on a lot of things and I've always been of the opinion that it was a very successful collaboration because I find often authors, when they write these books, they do have their inspiration and their vision for what they wish to achieve. And it's really nice as an illustrator to be able to hear their thoughts on things and to be able to kind of take those key things that are really important to them and to be able to them into the book. What are your tips for writers who are writing a picture book story and how do they leave the space that's needed for the illustrations to kind of bring that magic together? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, it's a, a lot of authors, which I always find very funny, they, they say that they don't have that creative ability to draw and all of that thing. But in my opinion, every author does because when you're describing a situation and you're creating these characters and, and they've got their ideas on what they put into their books, it's very much the same process that we go through when we're drawing. So when they're writing, my tips for authors would be not to overthink trying to accommodate the illustrator because they're going to read that text and they're going to do their own interpretation of what that's going to look like. I think as long as they've got the text right and they've got it written the way that they want it to be portrayed, then an illustrator is going to have no issues coming along and giving that text a visual representation you know, as a writer, only a writer, <laughs> an illustrator at all, I I resonate with what you've said about, you know, not feeling like we're able to visually represent something in the way that an illustrator might do. Mm. Um, 
you know, because <laughs> I might have an idea in my head and the words just can describe it well, but when I put my pencil to paper and try to draw that image, it comes out quite differently to how I imagined the, the visual. Yeah. So there's kind of it gets lost in translation, that physical creation. It's a skill yeah. and a talent that I don't possess, you know, and I think the other thing to mention here is that you're a writer as well, so it's great that you have that kind of understanding of both sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah, um, it, it's actually something comes to mind when you're talking about that that process. Um, different artists always have different ideas and opinions as to whether or not drawing is a skill. For instance, like, you know, it's just something that you do and over time you get better and better with it. If you don't draw often, then trying to get form and shape and detail and depth and all those things into an image and get it to look the way you want it to look can seem extremely difficult and just, you know, so incomprehensible. But one of the most amazing artists that I've learned a lot from, his name is Scott Harris, and he is not a natural artist and he's self-taught and he does these courses which are so amazing and so detailed and really he really understands drawing in my opinion and is very good at teaching that to other people. He considers it very much to be a learned thing, which for a lot of people is is very true and for others it just comes naturally. I guess it's a bit like sports or anything else. I'm terrible at sports, I tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to drawing and it comes to being creative, it just happens very naturally. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that a lot of authors find it very difficult to draw. I might just put it this way. Um the talent is not there. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm more than happy to see others bring things to life in that way. It's quite amazing and beautiful to see. Yeah. Now, you're a mum of two little ones. Yeah. And one of the things I think a lot of us struggle with is fitting their writing or drawing into the day. Mm. Do you have any tips to share? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't have tips that are going to be the magical answer where you can be the parent and you can also be the full-time worker without having to sacrifice sleep or something oh, why not? else. Why not? <laughs> I, when I did the illustrations for Combat Wombat, for example, my youngest was four months old at the time when I started the final artwork for that. And she was a very good sleeper at night, but not through the day. So how I did the illustrations for Combat Wombat was I would start work at about 10 p.m. and work through till 2, 3 in the morning. Ugh. And then I'd be up to the baby through the day. Ideally, that's not a very good thing to do. It would be nice just to be able to spend a couple of hours while the baby sleeps peacefully without interruption uh, to do those drawings through the day and then get your sleep at night. But with such a young infant, that was not possible. Now that she's a little bit older, you know, if she goes down early enough, then I can get a couple of hours in the evening to work. But my tip, I guess, for parents out there who are trying to do the parent thing and also do the creative thing and and keep your career going and keep yourself writing, 
is just to do it when you can and try not to force yourself because in doing the the illustrations for Combat Wombat and having that extremely low amount of sleep that I had for so long, it really is a burning candles at both ends situation and, and that's not ideal for anyone because it takes a really long time to come back from that. Um, so if, if I had a tip, it would be don't do that uh, and uh, instead just try and get, you know, half an hour in here, half an hour in there. I know it's very disruptive and I'm constantly complaining to my partner, Adam, about uh, interrupting my zone. I'm like, if I'm in the zone, do not come in here and disturb me. <laughs> You'll come in and ask some silly question like, where's the dummy? I'm just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just a get it in where you can sort of thing, but make sure you get your rest. And it's hard. Children are hard. They don't really let you rest. You can't rest, but do it when you can. Yes, I love it. So can you tell us what you're working on now and what's next for you? Yeah, well, actually, at the moment, artistically speaking, I've been working on a couple of logo designs for two of my sisters. And so I've just finished one. Uh, Rebecca has a – she does readings, so she does – happiness and well-being readings using oracle cards and tarot cards and things. So I've just done a logo for her, which was very fun to do. And my other sister, Cordelia, she's um, starting up a hair salon. So I'm doing another logo for her. Yes, artistically, they're the things that I'm working on, as well as building my own portfolio up. I'm trying to get that going and get some more pieces in there so that I can really get into what I want to draw, which is that fantasy warrior women and dragons and all that sort of thing. I am also working on my novel, which I've written about 80,000 words of, and that one is a fantasy book for adults. But the novel itself is tied into my own children's books that I have written and illustrated, which are about little baby dragons. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of like the dragons are the prequel to the adult fictional novels. So, you know, the kids will be able to read these books and associate with these characters. And then when they grow up a little bit and they read the novel, they'll understand a bit more about those characters and where they came from. So, so that novel is something that consumes my every thought and I try and work on that where I can, but, you know, to go back to your earlier question, it's a little bit difficult to find the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as you said, you just do it when you can. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiffany, where can we find Combat Wombat to the Rescue and how can we keep up to date with what you're doing? Yeah, so Combat Wombat to the Rescue is available for online and in-store purchase from a number of bookstores actually. Uh, Dimix, Angus and Robertson, Book Passion in Belconnen has copies. But um, there's lots of different places that people can actually order the book online. So pretty much everywhere. And I know Big W also has copies. So my website's probably the easiest hub for people to go to because that's got links to the various different social media platforms that I have, including Facebook. Uh, And that is www.tiffanydaily.com. And Tiffany is spelled T-I-F-F-A-N-E-E. 
there's also a subscribe option to the website. Perfect. Tiffany, it's been so much fun. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) That's okay. Thank you for inviting me. It was really fun. And that was Tiffany Daly, author, illustrator, and freelance artist. If you're thinking about making writing a priority in 2021, my Sound Your Bell writing program will start in January. Over five weeks, you'll stay accountable for your writing habit, overcome your inner critic, and get your work out into the world with company from like-minded writers. Join the waitlist now by emailing me at hello at bellthecat.com.au. Until next time, take care.